Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 67 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode Too Much Good Stuff. But let me get through the intro first. Uh, again, as I've said many, many times, this episode will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday at 7 a.m. You can leave a comment there, let me know what you think of the episode. You can also go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. It's the Gaming with Grief podcast with Joseph Carlson. It's got a black background. Uh, like, subscribe, share, stuff like that. Let me know what you think. Also, if you want to drop me an email, go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Um, let me know what you think there. Drop a line, excuse me. Let me know what you think of this show. Uh, you can, um, or you can just have a question or a comment. Uh, if you want me to read over the air, I will. If you don't, I won't. Uh, that's kind of the normal intro. There we go. So without further ado, again, I'm calling this episode Too Much Good Stuff because this weekend, oh my gosh, you guys, too much good stuff. So first off, um, after we completed the Dragon Age uh, pen and paper campaign, two out of the three players that played it uh, talked to me and said, hey, um, we'd really like to do something else. Or at least one of them said, hey, I want to do something else in the universe. I have a friend who wants to play something. He hasn't uh, role played in a long time for pen and paper, but he kind of wants to get back into it. Um, and so we talked on um, Roll20, uh, the app that I use for free to do video chat and things like that. Uh, we did the end of our campaign that way, if you remember from me talking about the Dragon Lance, or I'm sorry, the Dragon Age um, pen and paper stuff, we used Roll20 at the end. So again, we got over that over a couple of sessions, kind of talked to each other about what we wanted to do, what we wanted to, you know, what kind of campaigns they wanted. And, uh, you know, I was kind of open to anything. I gave some suggestions on what people wanted to play, what they wanted to you know, the world they wanted to be in, if they wanted to be sci-fi, if they wanted to be fantasy, anything like that was kind of open for them to decide after them talking and deciding that, um, you know, hey, we want to play Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Totally fine. It had been years since I played that. I do enjoy, um, as I've talked about many times in the show, I do enjoy uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. So what I did is I, I, I'm not sponsored in any way but I experimented with the Wizards of the Coast uh, app. It's on phones and desktop. It's called D&D Beyond. It is a free app. Uh, I recommend, if you're into role-playing games, to at least look at it. There's a lot of good tools uh, for DMs. One, I think that is amazing, is uh, actually one person and I talked about this that was in the Dragon Age campaign, one of the other players. If you have to have a physical book um, and you make a character for a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition... It is incredibly, incredibly time-consuming, especially if you don't know what you're doing. And I actually ran into this with another player that wanted to play through from the Dragon Age um, book. You know, we spent a year going over Dragon Age rules and obviously playing for that long. So they kind of grasped the rules of Dragon Age, the age system, if I understand it correctly, uh, that Green Ronin had put out. But this was a new set of rules. Long story short, there's a lot of new concepts. It's confusing. It can be incredibly intimidating for new players. But I think with D&D Beyond, uh, what they do is they um, they kind of make that stuff off-boarded in a way. You know, really, character sheets are math. 
creating character is all about math and um, what happens to your character when you level up. You get added this. You get added this. You have to add this. Um, it really is easy for an app to kind of offload that. And I was showing my friend today. I'm recording this on Sunday. I was showing my friend today, like, here's what you do and here's how you make a character. And even he was like, man, this this that makes it so much easier. You don't have to look in the book and look this up and look that up. You just select, this is what I want to do. Yes, bam. Uh, I want to be a human druid. Oh, here's all your racial proficiencies and things like that. Here's all the things that we would just add up and that you would probably have to flip through a couple of pages, add this, erase something on your character sheet. Okay, I have a proficiency bonus and then I have a racial bonus, so that adds to this. How do I do this? All that is kind of off-boarded on D&D Beyond. Again, I'm not sponsored by them in any way, but using it the past probably week and a half when we as a team decided, uh, you know, as a group decided, yeah, let's do 5th edition D&D, that'll be really fun. I'll be running it again. Um, you know, let's make characters. It is free to download. They have two subscription tiers, I think Adventure and Master. Uh, and they have different perks. Like one is, I think the master tier, and I think this is the greatest perk, but it's $60 a year, uh, is if you, anybody in the group, uh, you, you know, you can invite different people to your campaign. They create a character. If any of those people purchase a book or a source book, um, up to six people, you give them permission for, and then they can use those books. So really you can have one person buying the books and the group kind of reaping the benefits from you buying that book. If you don't want to do that, there's a lot of good free options uh, on the free app. You can download the, um, I think it's called the Basic Rules. Uh, that is literally like a kind of a chunk of the player's handbook of people that just want to play. You can make a character. The rules are written out. There's spell lists and things like that if you want to make a magic user. It's all very simple uh, way to kind of map that stuff out so you guys can just start playing and again with the app and the math of the app and the way it's designed not only do you make beautiful pdfs as character sheets but all that stuff can be edited from inside the campaign you just need to edit it as either a player or a dungeon master and refresh it and then the whole group can see the changes and the biggest thing for me i'll say not only the character creation aside, but the biggest thing for me right now is the ability to create notes for your campaign. So um, before with Dragon Age, I think I'm fairly organized. I took notes on people's campaigns, but some things were kind of bullet pointed in my head of what I wanted people to do because, of course, players deviate from the path or whatever they're doing. Sometimes that gets frustrating. But what I think is great about D&D Beyond is when you create a campaign, there's a public section for notes. So you can write out the notes of each campaign. And then, so the group can look back at that. You can bullet point it. Uh, I think if it's public, I think anybody can affect it. I actually want to talk to the group about that. Lately, what we've been doing is prologue missions to kind of set people up in the world. Since we're doing 5th edition D&D, we all decided to do the mythical Odyssey, uh, Odyssey of Theros, which is their tie-in with Magic the Gathering, which basically is ancient Greece. So we're tying those things together, um, which is, I like ancient Greece. I think the mythology is pretty interesting. Um, they pretty much have all the gods in the main book. You know, they've changed the name of them, things like that. 
which is fine. You just have to like re-research. Okay, they call, you know, whatever. They call Apollo, the god of the sun, this, which I don't remember because I didn't research it as much. But they've changed the names, but it's basically the same premise. There's gods ruling the lives of people in uh, ancient uh, ancient Greek, uh, ancient Greece, I should say. So it's basically that. I said I have an idea for that. The players came together. Uh, we had sessions before the prologue, which before their campaign set up, it's like, hey, you know, I researched these areas. You tell me where you stand. And then after that, I was able to compile private notes and write out everyone's um, kind of like uh, motivational say in the beginning of their background and send that to them as an email. And I think, again, it's an amazing tool. Someone who scribbles things on notebooks and napkins, this is a great way for players to even... Uh, kind of refresh themselves on what go- what's going on. You know, we have the thing too where if you postpone things or someone's sick, long story short, if you can't get together every few days, like we try to do it every two weeks, our group, just because, you know, we understand people have lives, they have children, uh, they have to live their life, so we meet every two weeks to make it easier on people. Um, so the idea here is that these public notes are up through each phase of the campaign that I play with them, and I keep them up to date and um, you know uh, current. So that way, if it's been a couple weeks, you can go back, you can read what your character did, you can read maybe your motivations because I've sent that to you in an email, or I can set it up as a public note, or you know at least send it to you, um, and then I can keep private notes on what the players have done, where I see them going. Maybe I have the campaign outline, which I do in my head for the few the first few chapters. Um, and on top of it, one of the other players said that he was interested in doing like a guest DM spot. Um, he wants to try it out. I think I mentioned that last episode. Part of me was excited because the character that I made to start the D&D Beyond app and try it out, I made a first level druid. Um, and the idea is, well, long story short, I had the idea for the character in my head for years. Uh, I rolled it with another player, and then that group kind of disbanded. It wasn't anything nefarious. It wasn't anything bad. Uh, There was no deaths. Uh, There was no no upset. It was just one of those things where people just stopped getting together. Again, people have lives. Uh, There's children. Uh, You know, people have responsibilities. There's all that kind of stuff that um, has to do with... um, you know, they have to plan things. They have to make sure that, it, it, long story short, people have lives. And I understand that we're all busy. You know, we're not uh, 17-year-old, you know, 17-year-olds anymore that have, you know, a plethora of time if we don't have school or whatever. I understand that we all have t- uh, lives and we have to get to it. So um, this allows people to get together. And at least with the public notes, they can go back and read what has happened Um, And maybe I can even set up like a little stinger for what's about to come so they can kind of prepare for the campaign. Not only that, but on their character sheets, we can write notes and keep track of what people have acquired. I can look at my private notes and say, oh, no, you acquired this at this time, which is something that I haven't done that is very granular that I can do later. But it's a good feeling to know those tools are there. Again, I think the master tier of their subscription service seems to be worth it for the fact that you can share books, but I have seen some videos on YouTube and some comments online of like, 
hey, and we actually ran it into it in our group was if you're purchasing everything and it's digital, which I did because I like having my iPad, I like having it portable, everything syncs to your account from the, your PC account to your iPad, you just have to link your accounts or whatever tablet you have. You could have an Android device, a Windows tablet, a Surface or whatever. You could link all that stuff up. Long story short, there is some talk online about people saying, man, I bought the physical edition, but I really want to carry this online with me. What do I do? And do I get a coupon for a percentage off of a digital book since I've already purchased a, um, you know, a the physical copy? What do I do? And I can see that's a complaint. I don't know if Wizards of the Coast has addressed that. Um, I really just looked on the one side of people's complaints, which again, some are somewhat valid. I just tried to plan. So I, I would say that with your group, you know, um, if you're planning on doing this, it you know really talk with the group like we did a little bit but we probably could have more of like you know like i said we ran into our group where i purchased books digitally and and when you do that the characters you can create um can be changed based on the source books and the information you have since i bought theros digitally i could create a character from theros uh the different race like satyrs or leonins um but other players since they bought the physical book could not so that creates a little bit, you know, of a, of a kind of a rift in what you guys can do. So again, there's a lot of um, resources out there. You can get the master tier subscription, which is $60 a year. I think you can get it per month, but I still haven't decided uh, if or why that is worth it. Um, but like I said, our player ran into that. But then later it was solved. I think it's something where this is really just my initial impressions because, you know, we've only been using it for a week. Uh, players have only been dipping in and out to make characters. One of the players was very um, overwhelmed with the amount of choices because with Dragon Age, even though he, we played that for a year, it's three six-sided dice, which is pretty... Um, I don't know, approachable, but now with six other dice, you know, the four-sided dice, the eight-sided dice, 20-sided dice, um, all that kind of stuff is kind of new and different and foreign to them. So I understand from his perspective why he feels, oh, this is too much. Um, things like, oh, man, I don't know where to find spells, and then he found that. Uh, you know, that was kind of interesting for him to kind of discover that. Um, really what I'm trying to focus in this campaign, Dragon Age, I had a story and I wanted to tell it and I wanted the characters to, um, you know, I wanted them to tell a story with their character or have a goal or idea. I think in the end, when I did Dragon Age, for better or worse, it was more about the narrative that was going on. So I let them do things. They found out about things about themselves and their characters. But I think in the end, it was really about the narrative that was going on in the world. And I think with this, I'm really trying to focus in on their background, why they're doing certain things, really focus on their character, which I think will be kind of a more important way and an interesting way to tell the story. Again, I have a narrative in the world, but how they interact with that, uh, I think will be interesting. Also, D&D um, &D has their own, I believe, web series. I'm going to see if it's a podcast, but it's called Todd Talks. And one of the guys is a developer. Uh, for Wizards of the Coast, and he speaks to other developers of Wizards of the Coast, and I think it will be really important um, to kind of follow that and see where they kind of fall. One of the videos I watched was on uh, systems and what, what things are difficult to explain to new players. 
One of the things that came up in the conversation with I found fascinating was spell casting. I do like mages, but you know they said even us working for the company and um, you know being knowing the people that made the rules, it is still difficult to explain these concepts to new players, and sometimes it sucks. So um, I'm looking forward to looking into that more and more. I think what I'm running into is most characters kind of have a background, which is great. This is the reason why they're kind of on the road or seeking vengeance or seeking revenge or, you know, they're kind of on a path, right? But then, uh, not to be a negative, but I have a character right now who is, mm, I'll say this, he said he wanted to be, uh, you know, antagonistic to the group, um, which I guess is fine, but part of me thinks like, well, how do you weave that in if you're constantly going to stab the people that you're working with in the back? Like, how is that going to weave together into a cohesive story, you know? So I think uh, that's something I'm still working out as a DM of like how to incorporate someone that has a vastly different kind of background or feeling towards the group. Because um, again, I don't, I don't want to tell people, you know, how they should or shouldn't play. I think that would be wrong. Sorry, I had to drink some water. Um, I think that would be wrong uh, to tell people, like, you can't do this. Um, the only time I really do that is when you tell people, hey, I'm going to do something in Theros. And they're like, oh, I wanted to be an elf. It's like, well, apparently in Theros, elves are very rare, very, very rare. Um, some would say like an epic loot drop, as it were. They would be incredibly strange. They would kind of derail. And I said, two, you don't want to stop the campaign all the time to explain to people who you are, where you come from, stuff like that, that would get um, kind of ridiculous. So again, I'm playing 5th edition d and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, like I said, one of the other players wanted to try his hand at uh, DMing. I'm looking forward to doing this campaign, but also being able to take a break and playing a character that I had an idea for for a long time. Uh, that seems really good to me. So um, yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, it sounds like, strangely enough, as I'm recording this, I have my phone on, on uh, silent, and many of the group uh, responded to me that said, hey, all that sounds great, let's get together next week as a full group meeting. We've done all of our prologues, so that uh, gives me a little bit of pause if we can stay up late, we can kind of dive in, you know, um, and kind of get stuff done, which makes me really excited. So in the next coming weeks, I'll let you guys know, you know, how that's going, and I'm still researching um, I've seen many different things posted and responses and, you know, YouTube videos, tutorials. Um, I'm still figuring out a way to try to get everybody together for, um, you know, doing like kind of a tell-all or like a, like a, uh, um, a um, post-mortem on the Dragon Age pen and paper campaign. I'm going to try to get all of the characters that were, the player characters that were in campaign together. And we're going to talk shop for a while on what went wrong, you know, what could be improved, what they really enjoyed, kind of go over the story beats of the campaign, stuff like that. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Again, I'm researching it. Hopefully it'll be in the next few episodes. So yeah, that's that. I think uh, so again I'll keep you guys posted on another couple weeks but I have one more topic I'm gonna go over today and the other topic is you know what guys I'm not I'm just as bad as everybody else right now um, so there's a little game a little independent game uh, called Fortnite uh, they've gone into season two or chapter two I should say which is so odd that now they have chapter two but they relaunched the game 
if you look anything on the web, there was a massive uh, meteor explosion in the game or a black hole that sucked everybody in a black hole and it changed the landscape. Um, and now they've again done seasons to sell their battle pass. They're on season four and they got me, everybody. They totally got me. And as I were recording this, I've spent $20 in the battle pass because this whole season is Marvel themed. Through different levels in the battle pass, you unlock outfits, which are basically your favorite heroes, from Thor to She-Hulk, which I really enjoy, Groot, uh, Doctor Doom, Storm, Tony Stark, and Mystique. So completing different challenges of the battle pass and doing things like that, you unlock emotes, skins to look like various characters, you unlock backpacks, Groot's ultimate backpack is to actually have Rocket on his back while you're playing, um, and I hate to say it, I'm a sucker, but they showed off uh, the Silver Surfer skins in the game. So it was a four pack. You get the Silver Surfer skin uh, when you guys uh, parachute out of the um, parachute out of the bus. Uh, you ride the Silver Surfboard, uh, so that way it's basically like your hang glider. Your mining pick is silver, and you get an emote. So basically, it was like five bucks a pop, and I spent another twenty dollars to look like the Silver Server. So again, they got me, guys. They totally got me. They got me hook, line, and sinker. And let me tell you guys, I'm in. Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm a better player than I used to be when I was playing Fortnite. Um, I wasn't that great. I, I first played Fortnite when I launched on the Switch. I think it was what 2018. Uh, maybe 20 it must have been 2018 or 2019 I'm gonna say 2018 you know Nintendo had a direct uh, at one of the E3 conferences and they said hey Fortnite's out now on the switch that's when I downloaded that so I've been playing on the switch I'm a terrible player I realized that I wasn't that great I played it maybe for a week or so and kind of realized man I'm I'm not good at this at all so uh, and then you know I would listen to the news and read GameSpot and IGN and look at Epic Store when they would announce the upcoming seasons. Maybe it was an ice theme season where everything was frozen over and there would be an event, something cracked. None of that really spoke to me, but I'll say this: I my ears kind of perked up when they started selling like themed outfits. So they sell an Aquaman outfit. They sold a Batman-themed outfit. They sold a uh, Captain America outfit. You use, you use his shield as a mining pick, which I thought was very fascinating. Um, I thought it was really pretty cool. Um, I think I missed that. Uh, I'm playing it on the Switch. The story isn't that great. I can't really browse. Um, long story short, you know, since it was Marvel-themed, they used the music for Marvel. You get emotes. You can change the music behind you. And I think one thing that... Fortnite has become for me, which I think, you know, in the beginning you look at it, oh, it's a battle royale, you know, 100 people dropped on an island or whatever, and we have to survive, and last man standing survives. Like, that could get old pretty quick. But what I think the people at Epic did when they were developing Fortnite is they did a great thing where they did challenges. And that is anything simple of fill up a car at this gas station in the middle of the map and get a bonus XP. Or... Um, you know, loot so many chests in this area, like stuff like that. And that is really keeping me going. One, I, I don't know if I got better or just have a better feeling about it or if I adjusted some settings, but I'm getting more kills. Uh, I've been in, I've been uh, up to the last two a few times. I haven't won yet. That'd be amazing to get victory royale, but I usually get in the top five or 10, which feels pretty good, you know, because I'm terrible 
at shooters, but it's a good feeling. And the challenges are the thing that keep me coming back. It's like, hey, as this character, go loot this many things. And you get a big bonus of XP and you unlock emotes. The one I'm working for now is um, like Thor was the first thing you do. You get Thor. What I did is I bought a few a few levels in the battle pass so I already unlocked Thor because let's, let's admit it, everybody. I'm an old man, all right? I'm an old old man that plays a lot of games i don't have a lot of time um i'm boring i sit at home in the dark a lot so i need something to do which kind of negates my next statement which was hey i don't really have a lot of time but i need to kind of pick this up so what i did when i bought the battle pass is i bought a few other levels of the battle pass and i got thor unlocked so then some of the challenges are hey as thor go to this big crater where molinier is sitting and pick it up. You're like, oh, well, that's pretty easy. Well, the moment you pick it up, it unlocks Molnir as a mining axe. So instead of having a stock mining axe in the game, you use his hammer to mine things, and it looks great. Then the second challenge would be like, hey, where everybody landed on the island, there's marks from the Bifrost from the Marvel movies. So these weird symbols that get burned to the ground when someone teleports into land, go visit those. So luckily they're all in the same place. You visit them, you complete that challenge. Then the third challenge is Thor, is you going to the top of a mountain and holding Molnir up in the air and lightning strike it, strikes it and you glow and then you unlock all of his challenges and you get like an emote or a skin, something, I think you get an emote, which looks pretty, pretty cool. And then it's like, okay, well, yeah, you get a bunch of bonus XP for doing that. Hey, and then on the whole time, you're getting kills. You're looting chests and getting kills. They had a new fishing mechanic. So you can actually find fishing poles and fish with people. It's just a great, great thing. And like I said, I've gotten more kills. I'm more efficient in the game. But I think um, I really am there for the challenges. So I know there's going to be the two people that are listening to this one of you is going to say, man, you're such a noob. Or maybe both of you are going to say it. You're like, man, you're not going for that for that, that W, huh? You're just going to mail it in. You know what? I can't hear you. I don't care. Yes, I'm going to mail it in. I'm here for the challenges. That's what I'm at for Fortnite. Hey, loot as many crates here. Hey, it's Thor. Kill someone with Molinier, which I did, by the way. Uh, it didn't say kill, but I did. It was it was fun to beat someone with a big hammer, uh, get a bunch of bonus XP, complete a challenge, then unlock an emote. So um, you know, it's like that with every level. The last level, the the last level 100 of the battle pass is to unlock Tony Stark as an as an outfit where from end game he's in a running suit, he hits a button, all of a sudden he turns into Iron Man. That is a thing, and I think that is super cool super cool and that's going to be something that's going to make me continue to come back over and over again uh long story short i'm having good playing it i've logged in every night for about an hour kind of try to get a couple kills here and there um it's fun so i know a lot of you probably aren't playing fortnite but you know maybe you're like me maybe you're not a marvel person but you thought man i really like ice levels in games um i'm not here to judge you i don't but you could be like, man, all that stuff that's kind of advertising that Battle Pass, that speaks to me. I mean, that's where I'm at now. I spent no money on Fortnite to start out. I've spent 40 bucks in the past couple days. But I suspect that all I'm going to do is keep playing until I try to get the Battle Pass and try to unlock Tony Stark. And I have till November, which I think is pretty amazing. Because, again, I don't get a lot of kills. I don't get to number one. I have a big feeling right now leveling is okay. 
but I have a big, big feeling that, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks as I'm level 50, level 60, all that stuff's going to slow down and it's going to become worse and worse to kind of unlock these skins and stuff like that. So it doesn't seem like they take it away, which is good. And also there's another like added bonuses. So in a few days, uh, they're going to unlock more stuff that has to do with Wolverine. And then later on, in probably a month or so, you unlock a skin to look like Wolverine. And then later, you unlock a mining pickaxe, which is basically his claws, which I think is pretty cool. There's all these little challenges you can do in the game. I think it's really fun. I'm enjoying it. Again, I'm just a basic guy. Just sitting over here, an old man with not a lot of time, having fun, maybe getting five or six skilled in Fortnite, and then just being offed at the number two slot, which is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, guys. When you're like, you got number two, you're like, oh, man, I got the first loser. Great, great. I got the gold medal and being the first loser. That's a good feeling. So anyway, I'm enjoying it. I will probably give you guys an update uh, in the next couple weeks. I'm, I'll still be playing because obviously I paid for it. But um, other than that, I, you know what, guys? I think I think that's it for this week. I think I'm just going to end it out on a quiet note, and I'm just going to go over all the stuff I went through in the beginning. Uh, again, just to let you guys know, this uh, podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, at Monday at 7 a.m. Uh, let me know what you think of the podcast there. Uh, leave me a comment. Um, write something below. Uh, yeah, or... You can go to iTunes and subscribe there. I'm the Gaming with Grief, the Gaming with Grief podcast with Joseph Carlson. Uh, go there. Let me know what you think. Like, subscribe, write a comment. Um, I've heard a lot of other podcasts say that that helps with their algorithm. I don't know because I haven't even got. Uh, I don't think I've gotten the algorithm's attention. Let's be honest. Um, there's probably two or three subscribers. Every time I click on my iTunes information for my podcast, it says we don't we don't even have enough information to give you data which I think is fascinating. That's fascinating. I'm not depressed, though. Like, again, I think I said early on, I'm still trying to find my voice. I'm trying to find out, uh, you know, how to do a podcast, especially one alone, which I think is something that people don't talk about enough. Anyway, long story short, uh, go there, like, subscribe, share, that kind of stuff. Let your friends know uh, what you think of the show, you know, the two of you that are listening. Um, yeah, or if you want to drop me a line, Go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Go there. Let me know um, what you think of the show again. You can drop me a line. I'll read your email over the air if you want. If not, yeah, you're totally fine. Uh, I won't. But yeah, let me know what you think there. And, uh, you know, I think with that, guys, uh, stay safe out there and uh, wear a mask. And I will see you guys next week.